This is episode number 160. Olympian skier Julia Murray is hooked on plants. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, sports science, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. Eating plant-based is a lot easier than people think, and you really just have to replace what you always have loved and veganize it. Or one thing I like doing is always making sure I have a green and a grain and a legume and a sauce and those four ingredients in your fridge all the time. You can always make either a burrito or a bowl. And speaking of being better every day, I want to thank today's podcast episode, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is a company that uses blood work to assess biomarkers, blood analysis, athletic performance, and nutrition software to optimize fitness and longevity. They also look at hormone profiles and they optimize levels that you should be at for specific things like energy, cognition, endurance, heart health, for athletes, and more. They measure over 30 biomarkers and recommend food and supplements to optimize all of those elements. I started working with Inside Tracker in 2017 because I had never seen such innovative blood work. And I'm always trying to get 1% better and being able to see what all of these markers, biomarkers are doing and how I can change them and affect them is really empowering. And it gives you so much more data than anything that you're gonna get from your doctor. It's also really important to have a baseline, at least one baseline so that you know what you look like when you're at this phase in your life. And blood work is a snapshot in time, but it's also great to be seeing what's going on relative to some other time. Cause say down the road, you started not feeling very good or Maybe you feel like you're overtrained. Well, if you have a baseline of when you were feeling good, now you can compare it and you can see what you need to change in your diet and lifestyle to be even more effective and kick some butt. I also recorded an episode with Jonathan Levitt, the sales manager from Inside Tracker, and we go into a bunch of different interesting things behind the company and a bunch of also really great tips on how to recover better, how to have more energy, those types of things. That episode is linked in the show notes and they are offering a really good discount, $200 off the ultimate test. The only time they do this is around Black Friday and you're not going to find this discount any other time of year. Just use in all capitals, cheers, Sonia. And again, cheers, Sonia for $200 off. And my name is spelled with a Y. Um, That's also in the show notes if you forget, but use that code to get $200 off the ultimate test. I highly recommend doing this. Maybe even for the new year, you guys are looking to just be a little bit more aware and hone in on your body. So check out Inside Tracker. Go to their website, insidetracker.com, to see what they are all about. They also have a great blog with really interesting information. And their Instagram also has really fun nutrition tips and lifestyle tips that I really enjoy. So let's talk about today's guest. Julia Murray is an Olympian skier in ski cross a silver medalist at world championships, a registered holistic nutritionist, a Ruby certified plant-based chef, a main street vegan educator, owner of Hooked on Plants, co-founder of 8020 Plants, and an all-around awesome human. Yes, that is a mouthful because this woman is on fire and she's doing so many good things to help people be healthier. Julia has spent four years going all in on the vegan and plant-based lifestyle. If you are plant curious, are wondering how to make small or big changes to your diet, 
Want to learn about supplements, hear about her rise to the Olympic dream, or how to make any type of transition in your life, this episode is for you. While we covered many topics near and dear to me, the thing I'm most excited about is the launch of 80-20 plants. One of the most common emails I get from people is, how do I transition to a plant-based diet? Or where should I start? Or how do I know I'm getting the right nutrients? Well, 8020 is a coaching program with one-on-one hand-holding, emails, phone calls, a bank of recipes, a slow transition with videos on how to change your diet to plant-based eating, and a very realistic and easy way of cooking without focusing on getting everything perfect. That 20% leeway, I think, is really important because it's really hard if you're expecting to be perfect all the time, eat perfectly healthy all the time, then it becomes overwhelming. And if you make a mistake, then you're likely to give up. So this is really awesome. Check out the show notes. Click the link in the show notes to join 8020 and use my name and 20, Sonia 20 for 20% off. And that's 8020 plants. If you're enjoying the show, the best thing you can do to support it is just share it with your friends. You can send them a text message. You can send it to him in an email just saying, hey, this episode was really awesome for me. And I think that you'll really enjoy it too. And if you'd like to support my work financially, there are now two ways to do that. There's a donate button for a one-time donation for my PayPal account. So you can go to sonyalooney.com slash podcasts, and that will go to supporting the podcast and supporting all the people that work for this podcast as well. Or you can go on Patreon and it is a monthly donation that's on a subscription where you get stuff from me. Thank you to those of you who have done so already. I really appreciate it. It really does help. The podcast is something that I absolutely love. And it's also an investment in both time and money. So thank you so much to those of you who have been supporting my work. If you want notifications of the show, I send out a free weekly newsletter. You can sign up at sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. And if you sign up, you will also get a free copy of my resilience ebook that I wrote. I'm super excited about it. It's a short ebook. It's a good read. It's 21 pages kind of the precursor to a bigger project that I'm working on, but it has all the elements of resilience that I think are important for taking on big challenges. And you can get that just by signing up for the newsletter, sonyalooney.com slash newsletter. And you'll also be getting notifications each week on Friday about the podcast. All right. So let's get into this awesome episode with Julia. You're going to learn a lot and you're going to laugh and she's awesome. So check it out. Here is Julia Murray. Julia, I'm stoked for you to be on the show. <laughs> Me too. Finally made it happen. Yeah. So you must be pretty excited about winter. Well, I guess it hasn't snowed yet, but snow coming in winter as a uh, professional skier and an Olympian and world championship medalist. Like you've done some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, it's exciting, but I don't know. I love free skiing right now. I'm, I'm not into racing anymore. I'm kind of done with the competitive side of things. So Free skiing in the POW on Whistler Bacom is a really good day. But, you know, this year I'm just looking at the mountain right now and it's mainly man-made, but it'll come. Yeah. It'll come. (laughs) Uh, What is free skiing for people who don't know? Free skiing, it's just going up the mountain and skiing as much powder as you can. Going and backcountry skiing in the just off of the mountain, there's so much to explore. And you kind of get away from the the chairlifts and the people and just be one with the mountains and your buddies. It's the best. That sounds pretty sweet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So first, I want to start do the first part of this podcast about your athletic background, because it's pretty impressive. And if anybody's just kind of coming to get to know you now, like I just came to get to know you in the last couple of years, I knew you as 
this really awesome like vegan chef and vegan athlete, but I hadn't looked into your past and it was so cool to look into your past and see everything that you've done. So like, how did you become a skier and how did you go for the Olympic dream? Yeah, it was a, it was a great journey. So I grew up in Whistler and was on skis at the age of two. And I grew up, actually, my dad passed away when I was two years old, but he's a legend around here and a lot of Canada. Dave Murray, he was a crazy Canuck. So he was one of the crazy Canucks. They started beating the Europeans. They were the first Canadians to start beating the Europeans on the circuit in the 70s. So grew up with my dad's name kind of to live up to, which was really good pressure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was he was a badass and so I was always like you know I want to be a bit, my, a bit like my dad so I grew up ski racing and then I moved into the sport of ski cross when I was kind of over the ski racing thing and they were creating the first ever national team because ski cross was going to be in the Olympics for the first time in 2010 which was my hometown Olympics so about five years before the Olympics, I got named to the national team for ski cross. And then it was five years of world cups and I was a medal contender for the Olympics. And I actually blew my knee one month before, (laughs) but I ended up competing anyways, uh, came 12th and then got reconstruction afterwards. And that was, that was just like a whole experience in itself. It was really cool to compete in front of my home crowd and, you know, be in the Olympic start gate. It was just mind blowing. A dream come true for sure. And then I had to get surgery and then came back the next year and actually blew my knee again at X Games, went off the last jump a little too far, landed on the finish line. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I competed the next week, actually, because they didn't see it was a blown ACL and came second at World Championships, which was amazing just behind Kelsey Serwa, which I think you know from Kelowna too. Yep. She's a gold medalist now, which is awesome in the Olympics. Yeah, and then I got reconstruction again, plus microfracture surgery on my horrible cartilage issue. And that's when I decided to move into nutrition. (laughs) Yeah, so first of all, what is ski cross? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Ski cross is four people going down a course at the same time with jumps and rollers and bank corners and there's passing and there's crashing and it's really fun to watch. And, you know, I made it through the first few years without any injuries, just a few bashes to the chin from my knee, but that was it. And then, you know, right around where it mattered, I I blew my knee a couple of times, unfortunately, but you know, all part of the game, (laughs) really fun sport though. If anyone can try it, go for it. Did you have any like calming techniques when you're in the start gate waiting to go? Yeah, we always used visualization. So we would, you know, we would go through the course a few times physically and just kind of look at the gates and everything. And then right before going into the start gate, we would, I would always have this routine of like leg swings and deep breaths and visualization of the course before I even skied it. So that's really powerful in anything, you know, in in life and, and sport, especially. Yeah. And I mean, you retired at a pretty young age. You were like in your early 20s, right? Yeah, I was 21 in 2010. And then I retired. Yeah, when I was 23. Yeah. So like, what was that like to retire at such a young age? And then just having that struggle with injury? Yeah, the transition is always a tricky situation for I think any athlete or any anyone in life going through a transition. It's a little tricky. But you know, we had a lot of help with like the Olympic committee always had help had speakers come in talking about transition from sport. And it's, I found it's just, 
you know, looking forward instead of thinking back and looking forward to the next thing, focusing on what really pulls you and gives you that kind of bubbly feeling of, oh, I like this. This is my new passion. I had no idea what that was going to be. And it took a couple of years to get towards, you know, veganism and nutrition. But yeah, I just started somewhere by going to school and getting a communications diploma. (laughs) And that was like my starting point because you know, with sport, everything is very structured and you're, you're going to the gym for a couple hours here and you're, you're doing physio here and going to a race here and everything's planned for you. So it was kind of a whole new world, you know, it was opened up to vast possibilities, but you know, that can be overwhelming sometimes. So you just got to start somewhere. How did you know where to start? Cause I think a lot of times people think, well, like I need to transition. I need to go in a direction, but I have no idea where to start or where to even go. Yeah, I think that just looking within yourself and being like, you know, what makes me happy? What do I really enjoy doing? What is the one thing that makes me like really feel good in the moment? And maybe searching out different webs from that. You know, for me, I always had a plan of going to university, but then I went to the Olympics instead. So I was like, okay, well, I'll go to, I'll try out this university thing and get a diploma and at least I have something by my name. And then within that, I took a business course that got me really interested in like entrepreneurship. And that's actually when I started my Jules Fuel breakfast cereal, which is my first little biz that I started. There was a a project we had to do and they had us do it on food trucks. And I was like, no, I want to do mine on my breakfast cereal. (laughs) So that's when I started my business plan for that. And then started doing farmer's markets with my Jules Fuel cereal. And from there, I was like, I kind of need some credentials if I'm selling some healthy food. This is like a cereal I used to bring on the road with me all the time. Mm-hmm. And so then I took my Canadian School Natural Nutrition course and became a holistic nutritionist. And from there, that's when I was introduced to the whole vegan world. So it's like it's like one thing leads to another. And you just have to start somewhere. How did you go from holistic nutritionist to being interested in veganism? Because it seems like there's a lot of people who are educated in nutrition or they have, you know, nutritionist, dietitian, all these titles, but there's so many conflicting opinions about what is a healthy diet. And I mean, certainly everyone listening knows my opinion on what I think is a healthy diet, but I always am curious as to how people found their way there, because I'm sure as an athlete, you weren't eating that way. And you probably heard, you know, you're an Olympian, like you're on on the World Cup circuit, you heard from experts as to what is the best diet. So like, how did you steer Mm -hmm. in that direction? Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And you know, when I was, when I was on the circuit, there wasn't much, well, first of all, there wasn't much of a budget because you're the first national team. So we didn't have much in the way of like nutrition at all. So going from that into Canadian School of Natural Nutrition, which isn't a vegan course, but so many arrows were pointing to the plant-based diet for inflammation and athletic performance and healthy BMI and just so many, so many positives. And so I was like, okay, well, what's, what's this all about? And uh, it made me look deeper into it. So after seeing that there's so many amazing health benefits from going plant-based, especially as an athlete, especially as an athlete who just went through a couple of knee surgeries and had inflammation in her knee, I was really interested on that side and also recovery as an athlete. And Mm -hmm. so that started everything. And then I started getting into watching all the documentaries. So I watched Cowspiracy. I watched Forks Over Knives. I watched Earthlings. And from there, especially after Earthlings, Earthlings really did 
changed my life and the way I look at everything. And, um, you know, there's like one scene in there that like a cow is, is being prodded into the slaughterhouse and he can't turn around, but he looks back. And at the time I had my dog Derby sitting beside me while I was watching this movie. And I was, I looked at Derby's eyes and I looked at the movie and this, this cow's eyes and realized that there's no difference between my dog and this cow. And that all of these animals, all these food animals are the most vulnerable and innocent animals out there. And that's humans taking advantage of them and making food out of them. It just didn't make any sense to me anymore. So yeah, that's why I started Hooked on Plants. That's what got me really inspired to just start something that people could go to instead of me telling everybody about it because I was the only vegan that I knew. So I'd be the first one and I'd, I wasn't sure how to talk about it yet. So I, I started Hooked on Plants, my Why Vegan page, and I spewed out everything there that I had just kind of learned and was continuing to learn and got super passionate about. And that's the start of, of my blog, Hooked on Plants. Where do you think this cognitive dissonance comes from? Because, yeah, like people love their pets and then people get, you know, really mad whenever they know that in Korea or in places people are eating dogs. Yeah. And how it's not acceptable. But then it mm -hmm. is in our society, it's acceptable to eat pigs. It's acceptable to eat cows. And I actually remember because I changed my diet from a health perspective. And I admittedly was still kind of disconnected from the whole animal side of things. And what changed that for mm -hmm. me was I was on a bike ride because I haven't really spent a lot of time around animals. That's just that's how my life has gone. And I was on a bike ride and I rode by this tiny little farm and they always had all these like, you know, not a big farm. They had a few animals, a few of each kind of animal. And I decided to stop and look at the animals. And this pig comes running up to me and it's like looking me in the eyes. And I just had this connection with this pig. And I realized, wow, like this is exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then I started reading more and more about it. And yeah, that kind of connected that for me as well. But like, where do you think this cognitive dissonance comes from? And, and how can we help people understand it? Because I think people think like, oh, well, cows are here so we can eat them. Like, that's why they're here. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, you know, it's a whole lifetime of culture and normalcy that you kind of have to change your perspective around, which can take a lot of time. Like it took me about a year to transition, but that was a big part of it. And, and like you said, like they eat dogs in China. How crazy is that? It sounds insane, but to them it's normal. And, you know, cows are sacred in India. They don't eat them there. And they think that it's crazy that we in this part of the world eat cows. So it's all dependent on tradition and culture. And I think that because it's normal doesn't make it okay. You know, cows and pigs, they're all sentient beings that have the ability to love and have emotions. And, you know, in the dairy industry, mama cows cry when their baby cows are or their calves are being taken away so that humans can drink the milk. So, you know, it's just something that you learn over time and you become better at talking about it. But I, I never make people feel bad about it because, you know, I ate animals up until four years ago and it was normal and it still is normal. We're not like in a hundred percent vegan world. So I totally understand that. And I think it's just making that connection slowly and kind of figuring out that, we don't need animals to eat. It's not necessary to thrive as humans to, we don't need animals for that. Every single nutrient that we need can be found in plants, which is where the animals get it. Except for B12. I think that everybody, even meat eaters should take B12 because it's actually hard for the body to pull the B12 away from the animal protein in your body. So everyone should take a B12 supplement no matter what. It actually comes from the dirt. 
So unless you're eating dirt on your veggies. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like 70 billion land animals are killed every single year. And that doesn't even count wild caught and farmed seafood, which is around 3 billion every day. And it's not good for our environment. It's not good for our health and obviously not the animals either. So I want to talk about Hooked on Plants for a little bit. So you said that you started it because you you didn't know how to talk about your diet and lifestyle change. What was it like whenever you first started it? Because it's been, you, you mentioned it's been about four years. And how has the website evolved? Yeah, so I just, I started it just as a, somewhere to put all this information I was learning. So you can still, you can check out the Why Vegan page just to see what I, I put there and lots of resources to help people go vegan. But then I changed it into a recipe a week I would put up. So it's, it's mainly just showing people through food, how delicious plant-based eating can be. And the majority of it is whole food plant-based because that's how people feel their best on this diet. And, uh, yeah, I was just having fun creating recipes. (laughs) And I mean, creating recipes, like I have only one cookbook and it was really hard to create those recipes. There's so many awesome Mm -hmm. recipes out there already. So like, from a recipe creation standpoint, do you have like a procedure that you follow or is it just kind of random? Like how do you come up with new recipes? You know, I'm mainly, I'm all about ease and not spending a lot of time in the kitchen and making them yummy and whole food. So I pretty much just cook what I'm cooking. And in the summer, it's easier because the daylight is, you know, the days are longer. <laughs> and then after I, after I cook it, I just make a little quick little zone that I can take a photo of it. And then I put the recipe up. So it's, it's very much, especially nowadays, because I'm working on a few different things, it's, I don't have the time to go super deep into it. So I just, I make it as easy as possible, which is what people want anyways. And it is easy. Like eating plant-based is a lot easier than people think. And you really just have to replace what you always have loved and veganize it. Or like one thing I like doing is always making sure I have a green and a grain and a legume and a sauce and those four ingredients in your fridge all the time. You can always make either a burrito or a bowl. So I do lots of those on the blog. But I also like veganizing old favorites, like my mom's tartar tan, for example, which is usually tons of butter, but you can just you can use vegan butter. And even though it's not whole food plant-based, you can still have all the things that you've always loved. Yeah. And you keep saying vegan and whole food plant-based. And we've talked about this before, but I actually still get questions from people asking me what the difference is. And then we'll Mm -hmm. talk about game changers in a little bit. But some of the criticisms I've seen is like, well, vegan isn't healthy. Can you talk about the difference between the two? Yeah. So whole food plant-based just means you know, plants in their most natural form, still intact, the fibers there, the phytonutrients and vitamins and minerals, they're all there. And refined foods, like it, it kind of goes with carbohydrates. You know, it's, it's a big umbrella. Whole food carbohydrates are the whole food intact, grains and legumes and sweet potatoes, all that good stuff that our whole food plant-based diet should be based on. And refined carbohydrates or, you know, veggie meats, that's more on the refined junk food vegan I guess you could say realm. So we're talking about like vegan donuts and, you know, a lot of the vegan meats that are really highly processed, but it's not to say that they don't have a place. I think that that's what, you know, 80, 20 plants is all about that I'm a part of. It's about 80% of the time you're getting all those whole plant foods in your diet. And that's the base of everything. That's how you're going to feel your best. And then you can use that 20% of the time to explore the vegan junk food realm because it's really fun. There's so much coming out these days. And also 
if you're just transitioning into this whole vegan lifestyle, you got to use every single resource that you possibly can. So, you know, go and try the new vegan burger and, and all that fun stuff because it's what you're used to, like chicken nuggets. Maybe you'll never be, be able to have that chicken again, but you'll still be able, be able to have the vegan version of it, So which, which is amazing. You know, it's not like you're going vegan 20 years ago. It's a lot more fun now. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people think the food's not going to taste good whenever they change their diet. And a lot of people are pleasantly surprised that actually the food does taste pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly it. It's not like cardboard tofu cheese anymore. It's like amazing what they're doing. Yeah, and also something I've noticed and I've, I've heard from other people is that your palate changes over time. Like I've been eating this way for six and a half years. And when I was first changing my diet, like I'd say, oh, like I... I really miss real milk in my cappuccino or I really miss cheese on my pizza. So I'd be like, screw it. I'll just try it. I'll just try it once again and just see how it goes. Or maybe I'll just do it as a treat. And the weird thing was it actually tasted disgusting to me, especially dairy. Like after you just don't eat it for a long time, it just tastes gross. Like, do you know why that is? Well, I think what we're used to is high salt and high fat foods, right? Like meat and cheese and, and all kinds of dairy. They're very fatty cheese is 70% fat and really high in sodium. And, and same with meat, it's super high in saturated fat. So your palate does change over even just a couple of weeks. You can change your palate and your taste buds, which is, which is amazing. You know, you can start to crave different things. And on that note too, the microbiome can change within a month. So, so all those good bacteria in your body will start craving the foods that you give it. If you give it all of these fiber-rich whole plant foods and a variety of them, they'll start to crave and tell your brain that you want that instead of, you know, the greasy hamburger or whatever. So it does it does take a bit of time, but it, it will happen for sure, which is pretty cool. And with Jules Fuel, you, you mentioned that a little while ago. Can you talk about, like, you started it as part of this class, but starting a food business has a lot of moving pieces to it. I mean, there's like the cost of the different parts that make up the food and worrying about like where that's sourced. And if the price of one of those things goes up, it could completely eat up your entire profit. And then there's there's like safety and approval and then there's distribution. So from a, a business perspective, if someone's like, yeah, I want to start my own bar company or my own cereal company, like, do you have any words of wisdom as somebody who's done it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of moving parts for sure. And, you know, I just kind of jumped right in and I had my mom help me, which was awesome just because I had mom and daughter time at the farmer's markets, but I took it baby steps. And I think that's the biggest, biggest tip that I have is just take it one step at a time and, and learn as you go. I had a co-packer, which really helped. And I'm actually transitioning away from Jules Fuel because I can't seem to find the right packaging to go away from plastic Ziploc bags can reuse them, but I really wanted to find the right path at the margins. So um, I'm actually transitioning out of it and helping my friend co-found a different food, medicinal mushrooms called Stay Wild Organics. And that's all glass, zero plastic, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, I think just take it a step at a time and be passionate about it. You have to actually really enjoy what you're putting out there because it is a lot of work, lots of demoing, lots of um, events and all that kind of stuff to, to get it out there. And can you tell us about this medicinal mushroom company? I had Four Sigmatic as a sponsor for a while, and that might be the first and only time people have heard of medicinal mushrooms. So can you get, yeah, can you just like elaborate on what that is and why it's good for you? Yeah. 
medicinal mushrooms are just amazing. I think that mushrooms are going to help change the world. There's just so many uses for them. But the medicinal mushrooms we have are reishi, cordyceps, turkey tail, chaga, and lion's mane. And each one of these are adaptogens, so they help your body come back to balance. And it's going to be available in powders and capsule form. And, you know, a lot of these mushrooms are, especially lion's mane, is really good for memory and focus. And cordyceps is really great for athletic endurance and yeah, so it's great just to throw into the smoothie or into lattes. And I'm really excited to be a part of this whole mushroom movement. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, buying those, like some of those mushrooms I've bought and tried to cook and for better or for worse, <laughs> sometimes I do yeah. a good job. And sometimes I'm like, dang it, this, this, I spent all this money and these don't taste as good. Yeah. What is your take on like powders and supplements and even like protein powder? Because that's a question that people ask me a lot. Like what supplements do I take? How do I know what a good supplement is? And like, if you want to get rid of like your whey protein and you want to switch to a plant-based protein, what are some good options? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think you know, I tell everybody that it starts with the food. So first of all, just focus on the major things like eating a mostly whole food plant-based diet, or if you can go totally vegan, that's awesome too. But you know, 95% is, is great, but focus on those whole plant foods first. And don't worry about like getting, you know, goji berries and spirulina and all that stuff until you've done that. And then you can kind of take it to the next level. And I think that supplements are great for that and superfoods and everything. And then there's a few that, that I do recommend that everyone takes. And that's B12, like I said before, and that's really hard to get whether you're, you're an omnivore or plant-based eater. So get that B12. And I also like taking microalgae. So instead of fish oil, it comes straight from the source, which is where the fish get it. Microalgae oil, really good for your brain and memory and brain health for the long term. And vitamin D3, also vegan version, is really awesome because, you know, I think a lot of us just don't get enough sunshine. If we could all be outside in a bathing suit every single day for 15 <laughs> minutes without sunscreen, that'd be awesome. But we just don't. So that's really important for calcium absorption and a lot of other things in the body. So I'm actually working with one of the guys on 8020 Plants. He's got a supplement called Complement, and that really complements the vegan lifestyle and diet. So yeah, I can maybe send you guys a code for that for a discount too. Yeah, I'd like to try it. That sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that people don't realize, like especially people that don't eat a plant-based diet, is that a lot of foods are fortified. So you know, when people are like, well, like you need calcium to get calcium from like milk, like cow milk or um, vitamin D. And what people don't realize is that a lot of these animal-based foods are actually fortified just like a soy milk would be. Yeah, it's actually in the animal feed that they supplement and then the animal eats it and that's how they get it. So it's again like going straight to the source. We don't need to eat the animal to get all these plant nutrients. You know, we can go straight to the plant. We can we can take these supplements that come straight from the plant instead of going through the animal. Yeah, for sure. So you are a chef, certified plant-based chef. Yeah. How did you get that certification? And can you give people some cooking tips? Because people are always like, oh, like, how do I cook or what do I do? Yeah. So like cooking tips and how you became a chef would be awesome. Yeah. So I just like, I dove deep. <laughs> I learned about this, all Go of big. this vegan stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to become a plant-based chef and raw food chef. And I went I love it. Uh, to New York and I became a Main Street vegan lifestyle educator, which was awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I want to hear about that too. <laughs> yeah, I took I took the Ruby Chef School, which is Chad Sarno's thing uh, out of Wicked Healthy. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. They're putting out a bunch of plant based. They're, they're making like plant based tuna and all this fun stuff. But yeah, it was a six month online course. I totally, if you if anyone's interested, definitely take it. It's really fun and learned a bunch of stuff. But a lot of basic stuff too. You know, it's like going vegan. It's not that complicated. You can just you can make all the stuff that you've made before, but just replace the animal products with vegan versions and, um, you know, stir fries and pizza and, and sushi. And, and then you can get into the mushroom thing though, which is really fun. You can make mushroom steaks and you can press the mushrooms. So they, they taste meatier and you can make cashew cheeses. And so I learned a lot more about all that kind of stuff, but you know, honestly, you don't have to take a course. You can just Google whatever your favorite dish is and put vegan in front of it and you'll find a recipe, thousands of recipes for it. I mean, I've got lots on my website too and we've got lots in 8020, but you can just start with Google. It's your best friend. <laughs> and what about the Main Street Vegan Lifestyle Educator certification? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I've always wanted to go to New York. So I saw that and I was like, okay, this is my chance to go. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to New York and I'm eating all the vegan food. It's so good. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like it's we were, so have you been? Yeah, we were, we went a couple years ago. I did a race in Pennsylvania and then Matt met me there. And then I was actually just there last month. And it's always like, there's so many awesome. amazing so the people listening. If you're ever in New York, there's so many awesome vegan only restaurants and they're gourmet, like amazing food. And there's oh, just, yeah. there's so many it's and, and bakeries and it's just vegan heaven. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you could, I'd had to, you'd have to stay a year to actually go to all of them. <laughs> it's amazing. But Victoria Moran started Main Street Vegan. And she's, I think she named the sexiest, some of the sexiest vegans over 60. Something like that. She was on <laughs> Oprah. She's amazing. That's, that's yeah. cool. And it was a five day course. And we went right to her house. There's about 15 of us in the course. And she brought in like vegan doctors and like vegan Moe's and a bunch of people that were making cookbooks, jail fields, and they just inspired us all week long. And we got tons of information and went out for, you know, vegan field trips and stuff and checked out all the vegan scene in New York. It was, it was so great. I recommend it to anyone interested. So like, what was your biggest takeaway? Cause you had done a bunch of your own research and education up until this point. And the thing that I found is the more people you talk to, like there's just always something new to learn. So what was your biggest takeaway from that? I really enjoyed, we had Dr. Milton Mills come and talk and he was talking all about how humans are meant to eat plants and not meat because of you know our teeth and, and all of the anatomy of our body. That was really interesting. Dr. Osfeld also came and spoke. He's a heart surgeon in in New York and he's he's doing amazing things. He's like, people come in for heart surgeries and have heart conditions and he has forks over knives playing in all of the hospital rooms. So after someone's out of their heart surgery, they are sat down and all they can do is watch the TV and it's forks over knives playing. So he's making some pretty cool changes happening in the hospitals, which is really needed. Yeah. And then, of course, all the vegan food like is just amazing. It really inspired me. I actually came back and I was like, I want to start a restaurant. <laughs> but And I actually got pretty into planning it, but I, I decided against it because you know restaurant business is something else <laughs> yeah but it's, it's just weird like in whistler you would think that there's gonna be great vegan restaurants and every time i've gone i've been like sweet but i actually can't really i mean there's a couple but i feel like that's a niche in whistler that's 
almost missing. Yeah, I mean, green mustache is awesome, but but you know, yeah, we could have definitely a lot more dinner options. I did just have a three course vegan dinner at Aura Needle Lake because they do meatless Mondays, and it was really good. Their head chef is vegan there, so oh, cool. Um, there's a pro Whistler tip for you. I have a whole Whistler dining guide too on my Hooked on Plants blog for anyone coming to Whistler. There you go. I'm sure people <laughs> listening, up. that's like their dream to come to Whistler because it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're starting the Whistler Vegan Festival too. So that'll be June 20th, we think. It's going to be maybe in July. We're not sure, but it's all happening. So if you want to come to Whistler, come to the Whistler Vegan Fest. We can meet and we can have a good time and we're just working on what speakers are coming. Sonia, you might be one too, right? Hope so. It depends on the yeah. date. <laughs> depends on the date. Yeah. We're excited about that. It's going to be, um, it's my friend Andrea and I starting this. So she's a veg curious and I'm a vegan. So we're what's, both what, local. Wait, what's a veg curious? She's interested in the vegan lifestyle. <laughs> uh-huh. So this is our thing. You know, we want to bring everyone in. We don't want to, we're not judgmental at all. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent vegan. We, we just want to pique your curiosity and plant seeds. And for her, that's amazing too. Cause, cause she's veg curious. There's tons of veg curious people in this world. And, um, you don't have to put a label on yourself. You know, you can just start the journey towards a plant-based diet and that's going to help in, in, in every way. So yeah, we're excited about it. That's awesome. And I imagine that's a lot of work, like a lot of logistical things to figure out. Yeah. Finding that out. <laughs> I wanted to ask you because I I've been at some veg fest and I've spoken to you know a few of them, and it seems like a lot of the vendors it, it's complicated because the vendors are there because they want to sell products, but the products being sold are a lot of the junk food type of things. And I saw Chef AJ at one of the veg fests, and she's like, "When are we going to put the veg back in veg fest? Is that something you guys have thought of?" <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because they do. I mean, you do want to show everyone that you can have anything that you've ever had growing up, you can have vegan, which is, which is great. But no, we're going to have, I think maybe a fermentation zone and, you know, green Mo is going to be involved. So we're definitely a lot on the health side, but we also do want to show showcase those products and show that you can have all of that vegan junk food if you want. But I always say like, just focus on the whole plant foods and then have, have that as like a sprinkling on top, all those yummy vegan alternatives. So yeah, this is a good lead into talking about 80-20 plants. I signed up for it and wanted to check it out. And I've also recommended it to people who have emailed me saying, hey, I want to change my diet, but where do I start? So can you talk about like how you started it and what someone's experience is going to be like using it? Yeah, so 80% whole food plant-based, 20% indulgent food plant-based, and 100% plants. So we really encourage people to go as 100% plant-based as possible, but there's no judgment and it's totally approachable. It's like your best friend for better eating, we like to say, just hand-holding. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you can book a call at the beginning, so you can have one coaching call and then from there on out, it's one-on-one coaching for any kind of questions that you have about the plant-based diet. We're there for you at the end of the, at the other side of the keyboard. And um, there's hundreds of recipes And the first phase is all about whole food plant-based breakfast. And then the second phase is is snacks. And then third phase is lunch. And then fourth phase is dinner and like the details and helping you out personally to where you want to be at. But yeah, it's all about just taking your time with it. You can pause any phase that you want. Because I really do think that, you know, some people can go overnight vegan Mm -hmm. and that's great. But I don't think that that's the greatest way to do it because... 
first of all, your body's going to get used to eating a lot more fiber than usual, which is an amazing thing. But that's why some people might feel bloated in the beginning because, you know, if you go from not eating any fiber to eating a cup of beans the next day, then your body's not used to that. And, and eventually it will become used to it, which is a good thing because your microbiome is going to help, going to become stronger and, and be able to, to handle that fiber. And the more fiber in your diet, the better. So, you know, stuff like that, it's really good to just take your time with it and switch over slowly because you're changing a whole past life of eating animal products and switching it into a plant-based diet. So that's where we're at, just hand-holding and helping people through their transition. Yeah, like that's a question that people ask me a lot is, you know, where do I start? So you guys recommend starting with breakfast or like when I changed my diet, I said, okay, I'm going to do two meals a day that are plant-based and two meals that have animal products and then slowly transition out the animal products. Whereas my husband threw everything out in one day and then the next day he just went cold turkey and never went back. Wow, he did? Yeah. yeah. And, and actually he went no oil too because he saw forks over knives. Like he threw out all the spices in his cabinet. Like he went total extreme. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that I think that that's the minority of people that want to do it that way. But yeah, if somebody's listening to this, they're like, well, where do I start? Why did you guys decide on breakfast? And is there are there other ways that people can start that you recommend? Yeah. I mean, it could be, you could totally go cold tofu. <laughs> that's really impressive though. Like that is, that's, I'm totally not an, an extreme person. So for me, it took me a year to transition and you can either do it like the phases that we have in 80, 20 by the meals, or you can do it by the animal. So you could start by saying, I'm not going to eat cows anymore, or I'm not going to eat anything with four legs and then, you know, go by the animal and then take off dairy at the end you know, switch for good is a really good transitioning help off of dairy too by Dotsie Bausch. I think that you probably know her, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the main steps to go vegan are just the first thing is get connected with your why. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you can watch movies like game changers, cowspiracy, what the health dominion or earthlings, either one of those both on YouTube, I think are really important, important movies to watch and really figure out what grabs you, you know, is it your health? Is it the environment? Is it the animals? And really focus on that and get personal with your why. That's the first step. Mm-hmm. Oh, another another good one. I've got so many resources co- popping up in my mind. But Neil Bernard's speech on YouTube called The Cheese Trap is a really good one to watch. Talking about the addictive, that cheese is actually really addictive to humans and has a lot of stuff and is, is inflammatory and um, you know all that good stuff about cheese. And James Aspie's and Gary Yurofsky's speech on YouTube are really great too. So these will help you really connect with your why. And then I think number two is finding your community. You know, just really having that support. And that's where 8020 helps too, is like have that that support rate on the other side of the computer or a phone call away. Mm -hmm. And then number three is focus on the gains. So this is an abundant lifestyle. It's not about restriction and it's not, it's not strict unless you think of it as strict, but it's about like finding all of those different proteins that you can eat. And it's about just veganizing your old favorites. And, you know, it's just an abundant lifestyle. It really is. And then the next one is, is veganize those old favorites. So like, uh, I really love hot for food and Erin Ireland and edgy veg and Maddie Limburner, 
there's so many vegan YouTubers and blogs out there that have so many delicious recipes and mine too, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, you know, continue that inspiration and motivation because it's really easy to forget about your why if you're, you know, we're not in a, in a vegan world. So it's easy to forget why you started. So you have to constantly remind yourself of that. And I really like, I'm going to name a few more resources here. Maybe we can add these in the notes at the end. Yeah. But Plant Proof is really awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, really good podcast and really good blog. You, Sonia. Thank you. Amazing. (laughs) And Mike the Vegan on YouTube is also really great, especially if there's, you know, like Joe Rogan podcast trying to debunk the game changers. He's got a really good debunk of the debunk of that. Mm -hmm. Like he's got lots of backed up resources in his videos and so good. And, And then on Instagram, Veg news, plant-based news, live kindly. These are all really great accounts to follow for awesome vegan news. And then if you're a new mom, like you're going to be, you're going to have so many awesome tips for people. But Erin Ireland and Ellen Fisher and Easy Animal Free are all great people to follow for for family stuff. And then, of course, plant-based doctors. There's, I know you're friends with Brenda Davis. She's amazing. And her book, Becoming Vegan, is like a Bible. It's so awesome. And, um... So good. So much good info. And Matthew Negra too. Dr. Matthew Negra on Instagram is also a really good resource and nutritionfacts.org. Tons of little videos by Dr. Greger and Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is a really good one to follow. And Garth Davis too. Dr. Garth Davis. I think he's a really great doctor to follow on Instagram and his book Proteinaholic is really awesome. So yeah, it's all about progress and not perfection and, and just continue to inspire yourself. Yeah, pretty much. So you mentioned that 20% is, you know, could be whatever you want. What are some of your favorite indulgent foods? Ooh, that's fun. I think I just like going out to vegan restaurants and usually it's an indulgent meal that I'm going to have there. What did I have? I had, oh, I went to meat the other day oh. in Vancouver and had this calamari Caesar salad and I haven't had calamari in whatever, five years. And it was so good. It was made from oyster mushrooms, but you know, deep fried because calamari, that's how it is. But yeah, oyster mushroom calamari, I was blown away. And then my husband, Davey loves burgers. So anytime there's a Beyond Meat burger on a menu, he's going to get that, that kind of thing. But it's just so available now. I know A&W just came out with vegan chicken nuggets. So we're going to go try that whenever (laughs) I think it's coming up in a few days. But yeah, I think it's just fun to explore all those vegan junk food options when they pop up, but not to make it, you know, the star of the plate. Yeah. And I wanted to ask about, like, people have asked me this as well, like, how do you deal with negative criticism when people are, whenever you tell someone that you're eating plant-based? Because I think that that happens. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, it's all kind of across the board, pretty similar stuff. Like, like oh, I get tired when I'm eating plant-based or you know, don't you think you're not going to get all the, all the nutrients? And I mainly just, there's a great health study called the Adventist Health Study 2. And it's the largest study of its kind done on 96,000 Seventh-day Adventists in the US and Canada. And they, they already don't smoke or drink because they're Seventh-day Adventists. So it's a perfect study for diet. Mm-hmm. So I, I always direct well there. In the study, there's, I think it was 7% were vegans. And they compared vegans and vegetarians and pescatarians and meat eaters. And the vegans came out on top for like the lowest mortality rates, 
the lowest BMI, the lowest rates of diabetes and arthritis and heart disease and cancers like prostate and breast cancers. So I just say, you know, the closer you are to being vegetarian or vegan, the lower your health risk in all of these areas. And I'm not telling people to go vegan um, or putting, you know, you don't have to put a label on it. It's just about eating as many whole plant foods in your daily life as you can. Mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I, the last question I have for you is actually about game changers. And that's, this has been something that has keeps getting brought up. Like, and you, you also mentioned a resource about debunking the debunkers, <laughs> But why, like, the thing that I was the most surprised about, like, I thought it was an awesome documentary and I really enjoyed it. And it's not meant to be the comprehensive guide to whole foods, plant based science and nutrition. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard criticism saying, well, they, they tried to go too broad or they didn't go broad enough or the science is cherry picked and they don't go deep enough into the science part or they did too much science. Like, there's just all these people criticizing including i've heard criticisms from like other vegans and other plant-based like eaters and i'm really confused as to why like other plant-based eaters are criticizing it like what do you think yeah no i think i think it's a super big win i mean it's definitely i think the further something goes the more criticisms it's going to have right like the more people it reaches the more negative criticisms it'll have but the more people it reaches, the better it's going to be too. Cause there's so many people around me in my life that have come to me that I'd never thought would go, you know, even vegetarian. And they're like, Oh, well, I guess I have to go vegan now. Where do I start? Yeah. So, you know, it's really struck a chord for, for that, which is really great. And I think that it's starting the conversation, which is the most important part. And, you know, when you look into who, who funds the certain studies that people are criticizing it with, you know, a lot of it is industry funded studies from the meat and dairy industry. So you do have to look into who's criticizing it and where they're coming from. But I think that it was so relatable the way James Wilkes went through and just showed his his own personal transition. You know, I think that's why people related to it so much. It's like he was just going on this journey and he documented it. And I really liked Game Changers because of that. It wasn't so much you know, like what the health is, is amazing, but it's very much like do this, do this, do this. Whereas Game Changers was just showing what his journey was. And the fact that his dad, it really helped him too, was a really big part of it. And yeah, I think that the more conversations about plant-based diets, the better. And that's what Game Changers is doing. I'm, I'm really excited about it being out there. Yeah, me too. So is there anything else that you want to share with people about changing their diet or the benefits of eating a plant-based diet or even like becoming a professional skier or starting your own business? (laughs) So many things. All the things. (laughs) All the things. You know, I think, like I said before, if you're looking to transition to a plant-based diet, just focus on yourself and progress, not perfection. I think that if you slip up, don't beat yourself up about it. Just move on to the next thing and have fun with it. Like it should be fun. It shouldn't be a boring thing to do and know that you're doing the best thing that you can for the environment. We didn't really touch on that, but you know, the latest UN report says that plant-based diets are they're going to make the biggest impact and you can do you can do that. That's like something that you can do on your own. You don't have to wait for the government to put in you know, laws saying that we have to stop eating meat because of climate change. It's like something that you can personally do, which is very empowering, you know? 
So yeah, just eat as many plants as you can. And if you need help, just reach out to you or I and we can help you out. I love it. And where can people find you? There's a lot of places, I think. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think the main base is Hooked on Plants on Instagram. And then um, 8020 Plants is the program. So if you need any help, you can check that out. I put out a bunch of stuff on Instagram for free, obviously, too. So follow on Instagram there. And then if you're interested in the mushrooms, you can check out Stay Wild Organics with a Y. Stay Wild Organics. And then Whistler Vegan Fest. Yeah. Come to it or check it out online. Yeah. We're just starting on that whole journey. So that'll be that'll be fun. I'm excited about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I know you're super busy with all of the things that you're doing. Cool. Well, it was so nice talking to you finally. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I'd love to hear what you learned. And if you want, you can take a screenshot post on social media and make sure that you tag both Julia and I so that we can see what plant-based tips were resonating with you. Also, I really appreciated all the resources that she gave. Those are in the show notes. There's one link to all the resources that are on her website. And there's just so many things out there about plant-based nutrition and to have them all in one place is super, super helpful. We also linked in the show notes to documentaries mentioned in the film, all of her websites, and even Main Street Vegan Academy. Thank you again to our podcast sponsor, Inside Tracker, where we can take a selfie from the inside with blood work and look at all of our biomarkers to optimize our performance and our life. Use the code CHEERSANYA for $200 off the ultimate test. This is the best discount you're going to get from these guys. And if you've been thinking about trying it, which I highly recommend, and I do several times a year, check out InsideTracker.com and also go to their blog and check out their social media if you are just simply interested in learning more about your health and a healthy lifestyle. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you for the emails you've been sending me. They literally make my day and I save every single one. So thank you. And thanks for the reviews you've been leaving. I also check those and I really enjoy reading them. They help me stay motivated on the days when it's really hard (laughs) and it does get hard sometimes. So thank you so much for that. Wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye.